Well, hey, good morning. How's everybody doing? Okay, a little weak, but uh, we're going to go with it, okay? We'll go with it. We'll get you fired up by the end of this morning. Hey, I want to tell you just a, a few things as we get into this service. We're going to do something this morning that I've, I've... Every time that we do a membership class here at Westridge, we teach through baptism what it's all about. But we've never taken a morning and just taught and focus the entire morning on baptism. And that would, that's what this, this morning is going to be about. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you through some of not only the foundational issues, but some of the questions that come up um, when, when, when it comes to baptism. Um, and I also want to tell you, over at our West Paulding campus, they're baptizing this morning. At our Oakleaf campus, which, by the way, as of today, will become Westridge Church, our Cartersville campus. They're making that announcement over there this morning. They're going to be baptizing later on in a river. And, but we're going to be baptizing here in just a little bit. And uh, let me tell you what's going to happen. We have people that have walked in the building who have planned on being baptized. They have brought a bag. They've got shorts. They've got shirts. The whole deal, change of clothes. And they're going to get baptized in, ju- in just a little bit after our service. And then there's some of you that have walked in here. I'm just going to be honest with you. You came, you got up this morning. You walked into church. You have no idea. You had no idea you were going to get baptized, but you're going to. All right. And, uh, and, and, and we'll get into that in just a few moments, but, uh, you're, you're going, no, I'm not. You might just, just, just be open to it. But I want to, I want to teach you again, something that we've never actually in 14 years actually taught through. We've, we've had segments of services. We've, we, you know, we always talk about it when we're, when we're up there in, in the baptistry and we explain it, but we've never done a whole teaching. And so I want to teach you this morning on the experience of baptism, because many of you, you've had a lot of questions about baptism. Uh, many of you have recently been baptized, but many, many of you have, 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 you have, you've, you've never taken this step. And so this morning, not only are we going to teach on it, but we're going to give you a chance to act on it. Because as you go back to the early church, what you see is, you see is that baptism is one of two ordinances, and we call them even commands, that we see the early church taking part in, all the way from the very first uh, picture of the church in the book of Acts, you see people doing two things. You see them taking communion, the Lord's Supper, and you also t- see them baptizing new believers. Baptism was a practice that Jesus not only modeled for us personally when he was baptized by John the Baptist at the beginning of his earthly ministry, but it is something that he commanded his followers to honor. And so as a result, we continue that experience still to this day. When Jesus left the earth, Here were his closing words. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 says, therefore, go and make disciples. And that's what the church is all about. We are here not only this morning um, in our small groups, in all of our environments, we are, our focus is to make disciples. And then he says, make disciples of all nations, which is the missions part of what we do, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. However, when you hear that and you hear the word baptism, there are a lot of misconceptions um, there are a lot of erroneous ideas, a lot of questions about baptism in Christianity today. So um, many of you, you know, even, you know, here today or certainly outside the walls of this church are, are kind of look at it and go, what, what does that mean? And why does it seem so odd? Because when you think about it, it is kind of odd. I mean, where else can you go? All right. Where you walk into an environment where there's a lot of people and you see another person actually take another person stand with them in a pool of water, all right, and hold, the, they grab their nose and you put them backwards and bring them back up. I mean, and I know many of you have been Christians for years. 
you're raised in the good old South. It's just part of your life, part of your culture. You probably never even thought about it. But think about a person who walks into a church for a very, the very first time. Maybe they've never even heard of Jesus, okay? And all of a sudden they go, my goodness, they're dunking people backwards in water. That's weird, all right? Think about that for a moment. It is in some ways odd because it's just, a, it's like, what in the world is going on in this place? I mean, it looks like, is that a cult thing? Or is there, is there Kool-Aid to follow? I mean, what, what's going on? I mean, so... You need to understand and think about this from a, from a totally unchurched perspective that it is a little bit of an odd thing. And people go, well, why would I want to do such a thing? Well, my hope is to explain all of that to you today and even to hopefully answer some questions that you might have had or even some concerns or, or even help you overcome some fears. Now, I want to give out a couple foundational statements about baptism. A couple foundational statements about baptism. And the first one is this, okay? First of all, baptism does not make you a Christian. All right. The only way you become a Christian, which you experience salvation or new life in Christ, is by coming to grips with the fact that you are a sinner. And the only way that you can receive forgiveness of sin and be saved from an eternity without Christ, separated from God for all of eternity, is by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to be your Savior, to be your forgiver. And I did a whole message on the issue of salvation last Sunday. And you can either go to our website and download that, or you can go to iTunes and download it, or you can go to the World Cafe and you can purchase um, one of the CDs. And just, just a little side note, by the way, since we opened the World Cafe, and by the way, all the profits from that go to World Missions, we have now earned enough money just from profits to dig more than two wells in Burkina Faso, Africa, which will, be, which will begin this fall. So... Which is really cool. So, but there are, there, are, there are some denominations that are out there. I'm not going to name them. But there are some denominations that are out there that teach that in order to truly be saved, you also have to be baptized. That the two go together. You cannot have one without the other. But I want to tell you something. The Bible doesn't teach that. Salvation is faith alone in Jesus Christ, not faith plus something else, not faith plus works. If I have to do something else to qualify for heaven, apart from what Jesus has already done for me, like baptism, then it means that I'm being saved by my own works, okay, by my own actions. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, here's what it says. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Now, there are a couple of passages that some try to say, okay, this passage right here requires baptism for eternal salvation. But if you study the context in which that passage is written, it becomes very clear and very evident that salvation stands alone apart from baptism. Baptism is a statement that says, I've already trusted Jesus Christ to be my savior. I'm showing you something that has already happened in my life. It's a picture to the world of what's already taken place inside of you. And we'll talk more about that in just a few moments. But there are those that, that, that also will teach that baptism washes away your sins. But the Bible doesn't teach that either. If you look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says, It is the blood of Jesus, his son, that cleanses us from every sin. Okay? It's Christ's sacrifice. You think for a moment about the thief on the cross. Okay? And you think about, here's Jesus, he is, he is hanging on the cross. He has got two um, people, on, he's got a person on both sides of him. Okay? And, and they're both being crucified. Okay? And, and one of the, of, of, of the guys that called the thief on the cross, 
he, he trusts Christ to be his savior while he's, while he's hanging there. The other one denies Jesus. Now, I want you just to imagine for a moment, if Jesus were to have looked at this guy and instead of saying to him, which is what he did, today you will be with me in paradise. What if he would have said, you know what, I'd really like for you to put all your faith and trust in me, but, but we're kind of in a predicament here. I mean, I'm, I'm hanging here on the cross. I can't get down because I'm dying for the sins of the world. And you're a thief on the cross. Sorry, you didn't get baptized. You can't be in paradise with me. That's not what Jesus said. There was no baptism moment that took place there. Jesus, he, he said today, because you put your faith and trust in me, you believe that I'm the son of God. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Think of all of the people that have had deathbed experiences, salvation experiences on their deathbed. Think about all those folks who, I mean, you go, sorry, pal, too late, too bad, too sad. I mean, you should have thought about that before you got into this predicament because there's no baptistry around for us to, you know, either pour water in or, or dunk you. I mean, no, no, there's been, there's been thousands of people who on their deathbed have put their faith and trust in Christ. Now, baptism is very meaningful, all right? It is a very important part of the Christian life. It is a step of, of obedience, but it does not save you. Second statement, baptism instead is an outward symbol of an inward decision. When you get baptized, you're outwardly displaying your decision to trust Christ as your savior. You're committing, you're saying, I am committed to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. Now, um, on my, on my left hand here, I have a wedding ring. Okay. Now this is actually the, the second or third ring that Amy's given me. The first one I dropped in a lake and the second one I think I lost. So this may be my third one, but, um, and I promise you, I'll probably have a few more before it's all over with. But um, this ring is an outward symbol of a decision that I made nearly 19 years ago that I was marrying Amy, that I was giving my heart to her and her alone, and that we were, we were going to be committed to each other till death do us part. And so when this ring is on my finger, it is saying to the rest of the world, I am off the market. Okay? If, if the ring's not on my finger, I mean, I'm still off the market, by the way, but... but it just means I lost it. Okay. Um, but I'm still, but, but there, this is a symbol. It's an outward symbol of a decision that I made that I've given my heart to her, that I'm all hers. I am not available. Okay. Now that's what baptism is. It's an outward symbol of an inward decision. When we, you, we see this in the book of Acts, there's this specific order that took place when someone became a follower of Jesus Christ. First, They trusted in Christ to be their personal savior. And then they made a decision to follow him in baptism. It was an outward expression of something that had already taken place. Now, there's a couple of pictures of this that I want to just kind of bring to your attention. Paul is in a prison. He's talking to this, what what is known as the Philippian jailer. He's in a prison in Philippi. And in Acts chapter 16, verse 31, he tells this jailer, he says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved along with your entire household. In other words, when you get saved, I'm telling you, the rest of your family is going to follow you. It says, then they shared the word of the Lord with him and all who lived in his household were saved. That same hour, the jailer and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. They all got baptized. All right. Now, Acts chapter 18, verse 8, there's a guy named Crispus. He's the leader of the synagogue. And it says this, Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, and all of his household believed in the Lord. They put their faith and trust in Jesus alone. And many others in Corinth also became believers and were baptized. 
So baptism is an outward symbol of an inward decision. You say, well, where are all these people getting baptized? Well, there were rivers, there were pools of water. Even if you go to some of the ancient places in Jerusalem, there are baptistries built next door to people's houses. That's how important it was back then. Now, third statement. Baptism identifies you with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 and 4, it says, Christ died for your sins. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, as scriptures said. You look over in Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Okay, write that down. For, it says, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So baptism is symbolically identifying yourself with Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection. So when you look at this tub over here and we usually baptize up here in the corner, which you, if you're looking at this through a video, you can't see, but we stand in a tub Okay, or a river or a lake or an ocean or wherever it is. And we are standing with someone who has already placed their trust in Christ Jesus to be their savior. All right. They have been, they have, they have died to their sin spiritually. All right? Okay. Died with Christ to sin. All right. When they go down into the water, they are symbolically saying, now I am buried with Christ, okay? I'm buried with Christ. When they come up out of the water, they've been raised to new life in Christ. It's a picture of someone, okay, spiritually dead, being buried, the sin being conquered, defeated once and for all, coming back up out of the grave as a brand new person. Baptism says to the world, I am a follower of Jesus. I belong to him. My sins have been forgiven. And because of Jesus, I'm a brand new person. I used to be spiritually dead, but today I'm spiritually alive. Jesus has given me brand new life. Next statement. Baptism identifies you with the church. In baptism, you are naming yourselves among those who have not only committed to follow Christ, but you're also saying, I want to be part of the church, the body of Christ, the collective body of Christ. Acts chapter 2, verse 41, it says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and they were added to the church about 3,000 in all. I mean, imagine if all of a sudden Westridge in one day just grew to more than 3,000 than what it is. I mean, that'd be pretty crazy, all right? But that's what was going on here. These first Christians were from all over the place. They were from all over the region. They were coming to Jerusalem. They were hearing the, the, the gospel that was being preached by Peter and John and others. And they were identifying themselves with, as being part of the body of Christ by, by being baptized, outwardly showing their inward decision. Now, we get a lot of questions about baptism. And so I want to answer some of the com common questions that, that folks have about baptism. And, and one of the questions is, why do we baptize by immersion? I mean, why don't we sprinkle or pour or, you know, something else? Well, we are committed to following a biblical model. And Jesus modeled baptism by immersion, all right? And so we follow that example. Now, I'm going to talk about the, the differences in just a moment. So just don't, don't get yourself worried at this moment. But in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, it says, After his baptism... As Jesus did what? He came up out of the water. Every recorded baptism that we see in scripture was by immersion. For example, there's a story in the book of Acts chapter 8. Philip, a guy named Philip, is um, traveling along and uh, he's going from Jerusalem down the road that led to Gaza and he sees this Ethiopian, all right? This Ethiopian was kind of a high-ranking guy and the Ethiopian is sitting in his chariot. Check this out. He is reading the Old Testament book of Isaiah. 
And he doesn't understand what he's reading. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit speaks to Philip's heart. And he, Philip's heart, and he says, go over to that guy. And so he goes over to his chariot and he looks in. And he realizes, this guy's reading the book of Isaiah. And he says, do you understand what you're reading? And the guy says, no, how could I? And Philip starts sharing with him. And he is actually reading an Old Testament prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. And Philip has a chance to lead this guy to Christ. The, the Ethiopian, we know him as the Ethiopian eunuch, he becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. And it says, they got out of the chariot, they went, verse, verse 38, they went down into the water and Philip baptized them when, and then when they came up out of the water. All right, so this, this Ethiopian was baptized. The word baptize in the Greek literally means to immerse underwater, to dip underwater, to dunk, Okay. Now, I want to tell you about one of my very first baptism experiences. I was a, a student pastor at a church in Lynchburg, Virginia called Thomas Road Baptist Church. And um, all of the pastors that were on staff had to rotate. We had to be on a rotation schedule to baptize on Sunday night. We baptized every Sunday night. And um, this particular night, I came up into the baptistry and we had to wear suits and ties at this church. And um, so when we would go into the baptistry, we wore waders, fishermen waders that came up to about right here. And then we had to put a robe on over the waders, okay? And that's typical for traditional churches, all right? So I put my waders on, put the robe over, and then I met all of the people that were being baptized. Now, on this particular night, one of the Liberty basketball players were being baptized, a guy by the name of Julius Nawaz, who was six foot ten. He was from Nigeria. Now, I'm about 6'2". Julius is about this high, this much taller than me, okay? Now, let me tell you, but the baptistry at Thomas Road, okay, is, is kind of, um, it, it's for people who aren't 6'10", I'll just tell you that, all right? And, and so when you have somebody that, that is that tall, there are two things that you tell them before they get baptized. Number one is, if you don't, you, you have to bend your legs, okay? Because, two reasons, if you don't bend your knees when you go under, number one, you're going to hit your head on the back of the baptistry, okay? And number two, if you stiff leg your legs, I'm going to have to go way, way down into the water and then try to push you back up, okay? And when that happens, my waders will get filled with water, so I baptized everybody that night and, and our service was at, on Sunday nights was on the radio and, and I'm baptizing my pastors down here with a couple of the associate pastors, you know, in the chairs that you sit on, on the stage. And, and all of a sudden Julius walks down and I get, I go through the spiel, Julius, have you trusted Jesus Christ to be your savior? Yes, I have the whole deal. And as soon as I get ready to take him down, he looks at me and winks at me. Now, <laughs> There's only two reasons that some guy's going to wink at you at that moment, all right? But what Julius was telling me is, I'm not bending my knees, so deal with it. So I take Julius back, and I realize I'm going to smack Julius' head on the back, so I have to do this number. And because he's got his legs stiff, and I'm not as tall as he is, now I've got to go way under the water, okay? And I've got to lift him up, and he's smiling and laughing the whole time, all right? And my waders are filling, I mean, I'm just getting, I mean, my pastor is dying laughing, all right? Everybody in the crowd now realizes what's going on. I get Julius up and he just goes, starts just slapping me on the shoulders, walks out. I cannot get out of the baptistry. I'm not, I'm not, I promise you, Amy was there. They had to come down and help me out. My pastor is dying laughing. I mean, it, and he had a hard time getting his composure for the rest of the morning, the evening. But so anyways, 
we baptize by immersion, okay? And there's a reason for that, okay? So another common question that we get is, what if in my past I was sprinkled or I was poured? They poured water on me. Listen, nothing wrong with that. Not meaningless, okay? I truly don't think it matters whether you were sprinkled, poured, or or fire hosed, okay? Truly. Um, That doesn't matter to us here. However, many people want to get baptized according to the biblical example of immersion, and they see Jesus, Jesus did that. They look in the book of Acts, they study it, and they go, I, I, I want to do that. Now, here's what we believe at Westridge. We believe that if you were sprinkled or you were poured or whatever that looked like after your salvation experience and you understood the, excuse me, the meaning of it, you have a clear understanding of what it meant, then you don't need to be rebaptized here, okay? Even though a lot of people do that, all right? Now, there are a lot of folks that come to Westridge who have been away from the Lord for a long time. We reach here... In, south, in the southeast part of our country, in Atlanta, we reach what we call a lot of de-churched people. A lot of folks who've been out of church for a long time, they have some, most people have some experience with church. Maybe they were saved at a VBS when they were eight, or they got hurt in a church, or a pastor, or someone hurt them, or whatever. And so a lot of you come from those kind of backgrounds. And so you've got some church experience. Some of you may not, but, 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 but a lot of you have been away from the Lord for a long time. All right? And, and, and we have folks that come up there. We had one in the last service who... Um, just been away from the Lord and just, I mean, that's their commitment. It's a recommitment to the Lord. Now that's not typically what it means, but you know what? Here's what, here's what I look at when when I look at something like that. I don't ever want to deny someone a biblical step that they take towards Jesus. And so for you, if you've been away from the Lord for a long time, or maybe you've never been baptized, or maybe you were baptized as a child and you didn't understand it. It's okay. All right. I mean, we're not going to go, sorry, you've already been baptized. We're not doing it. I mean, we want people to take steps towards Jesus, that next step like Andrew was talking about. Now, the next question is, who can be baptized? Who can be, anyone who has placed their trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Now, I want to tell you my own personal story for just a moment about my salvation and baptism. I was, um, I was saved as a, as a small child, probably five or six years old. I really don't remember a lot about it. I remember my mom and her sisters were singing at a church, and, and um, I went forward, and, and, and I kind of remember you know, that evening just a little bit. But when I got baptized, I got baptized in 1976 after my dad had trusted Christ, and I got baptized with my whole family. It was pretty cool. A little church in, in Wayne, Michigan, Calvary Baptist Church. Our whole family got baptized together, and, um, and, and that was, that's my baptism experience. In 1978, November, I was, I was at a Billy Graham crusade in the Pontiac Silverdome, which is the old Detroit Lions stadium where they used to lose a lot of games there. And um, I, I was sitting there with my family, my aunt, and Billy Graham was speaking, and I just felt, I mean, just the Holy Spirit just came on, on me in such a way, and I felt really that I, that I needed to nail down my salvation experience because I had a lot of doubts. I was about 13 years old. And so I walked down an aisle. I, just, I remember kneeling down on about the 45-yard line. And, I, and I, that's where I, when I look back on my life, I, I point to that moment and say, that's where I truly, really understand. Now, I may, have, I may have been saved when I was five or six, probably. But I, I tell people that's when I trusted Christ to be my Savior. And so, again, I point to that moment. Now, back in 1998, um, about a year after we started Westridge, um, Dave Cole and I took... Uh, I don't remember, how about 12, 13, 14 people from Westridge to Israel with us. We went on an Israel trip. And my dad went with us. And uh, we went to the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized and a lot of other folks were baptized. And it dawned on me, you know what? I've never, I mean, I was baptized in 1976, but I got, I look at my salvation in 1978. 
I have never followed that decision with, with baptism. And so I told my dad, I said, dad, let's get baptized. You know, why don't you baptize me in the Jordan? And so I have this picture right here of my dad and there's Dave Cole baptizing me. And I want to tell you something, that picture to me is priceless. Many of you know, my dad died about seven years ago. That picture to me is priceless of, 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 um, my dad baptizing me. And, um, and so my dad just looked at me and he said, you know what, son? He said, I, I want to get baptized. And so the next picture is just me and, and Dave Cole baptizing my dad. Now I want to tell you something about getting baptized in the Jordan. All right. Fish are biting your legs the whole time you're in there. A little tiny fish. All right. I don't know if they're piranha. I don't know what's going on there, but, but it's such a cool experience to just, to get baptized, you know, in the Jordan river. Now here's another question that we get a lot of times. What, why don't you guys baptize infants here at Westridge? Why don't, why don't we do that? Well, there's several reasons. First of all, there's no biblical command or even examples of, of infants being baptized um, in the Bible. Matter of fact, the church didn't even start baptizing infants or sprinkling them until 400 years after it was established, the church. We believe an infant is obviously doesn't comprehend or understand sin and Jesus' sacrifice in order to trust him. However, when they're old enough to trust Christ then we believe they can be baptized even as young children. And we, we ask all of our kids, fifth grade and under, to take a class here at Westridge that we call the Splash Class. Okay? And, and we also teach baptism in our membership class. Everybody that joins this church is a section that we teach about the meaning and purpose of baptism. And everybody who even gets baptized here as an adult, we, we go through that with them as well. Um, we do follow a biblical example of dedicating children. We dedicate families. And the next time we're going to do that, if you, if you have a, a, a baby or an infant that has never been dedicated, the next time we're going to do that is Labor Day Sunday. And if you'd like to take part of that, go to the KidQuest Junior area after the service and you can let them know, I'd like to dedicate our family as parents. I'd like to dedicate uh, you know, our baby. So you can do that. Now, here's another question. What if I was baptized or confirmed as an infant? I mean, does it count? Is it meaningless? I mean, I want to tell you something. This is a very controversial issue. All right. People really, it's a tense issue when you start talking about this. Let me say that if you were baptized as an infant, there was nothing wrong with it and there was nothing meaningless about it. Okay. And many of you in this church, you were baptized as infants. And to your parents and to your family, there was great significance on that day that when they probably put you in a little white gown and they took you to a church or a temple and you stood, well, you, you were carried, you don't remember it, but, um, and you were held by your parents or a godparent or whatever and, 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 the, and a priest or a pastor, whoever, sprinkled, poured water on your head. Now, now listen, um, I believe that when your parents or your grandparents, when they took you to that church, to that temple, whatever that was, their intentions were, were that you would become a follower of Jesus. You would follow the examples of Jesus with your life, that you would grow up to love the church and that you would follow the commands of scripture. And for some of you that maybe you've grown up in maybe a, a Baptist world here in the South or whatever other denomination here in the South, this, this kind of baptism that you see here, the baptism that we do by immersion, very common. Very common, okay? You may never he have even given this a thought that this baptism thing is a really tough decision for a lot of people, all right? However, if you grew up where I did, which was about a mile and a half outside of the city limits of Detroit, around the majority of my friends who were either Catholic or Lutheran, this is a very tough decision, okay? Salvation for, 
most of you, was not, a, was not a tough decision. Baptism for some of you is even an, a tougher decision. Okay, because some of you are thinking, how do I explain this to my parents? How do I explain this to my family? All right, I mean, because, I mean, if, if I'm getting baptized when I've already been baptized as an infant, I, I feel like I'm saying to my parents and my grandparents that that was meaningless. Let me tell you how we, how we explain that here at Westridge. Listen, when you are fulfilling, when, when you get baptized, the scriptural bat, believer's baptism, you are actually fulfilling their desires when they, they held you as an infant in that church. You have now chosen as an adult or as a student to follow Jesus. You're actually fulfilling what their prayers and wishes were when they took you in there as a baby. Now, let me just say this, and so I, I, there's a lot of pastors and even that are going to really disagree with what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say this. Bapti- baptism doesn't nullify your previous baptism. It just fulfills a scriptural ordinance or a command. It's called believer's baptism, which is what Jesus commands us to do after Remember, that's the key word. After you have trusted Christ to be your savior, after you've been saved. And so ultimately, let me tell you what this is. It's a celebration. It's a celebration of life change. And there is, there is not a more compelling image in the Bible of people who are, who are being changed from the inside out and by the power of God than the picture of baptism. And I know many of you, you probably have come from a church like I did where, you know, there's an invitation at the end of the service where people actually come forward and they're met by a counselor and they walk outside and, and they're prayed with. And then the pastor, you know, introduces them, John Smith, trusted Christ to be his savior. Everybody goes, yeah, John Smith. Bill Robbins came out, yeah, you know, then Ted, whatever, you know, and then Julian and everybody's, you know, and that, that in a lot of churches is the, the state, is the public statement of faith. Okay. You don't see that in the Bible. What you see is you see people, as soon as they get saved, they get baptized. That is a public declaration of faith. All right. And it should be seen as what we should, it should be a celebration of what the church is all about, which is what change lives. And when it happens, we want the whole church to be there to celebrate. All right, we baptize at rush camp. When we do it there, we do it in the ocean or with a lake, there's hundreds and hundreds of kids around just cheering because their friends are getting baptized or a whole journey group will go down into the water with them and they're celebrating. Can I tell you something that you don't know? This past year, our fiscal year, which goes from July through June, we have seen nearly 500 people in this service, in our children's ministry, in our student ministry, all combined, we have seen nearly 500 people put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ to be their Savior. We've got their names. Okay? We've been able to baptize 400 people in this past year, which is awesome. All right? Now, listen, some of you are in this room and you have never been baptized. All right? This morning... Okay, we still got 10 minutes till the morning's over. This morning is your morning. You hear me? This morning is your morning. You have trusted Christ to be your savior, or maybe you haven't, and I'm gonna give you a chance to do that in a moment. But if you've trusted, and you've not been baptized yet, you've trusted Christ, you have talked your way out of it, you've analyzed it, you've thought through it. Some of you have legitimate fears about, and, and this is true, some of you have legitimate fears about someone holding your nose or whatever and, and standing next to you and putting you backwards underwater. I, I don't have that fear, but many of you, some of you do, and, and you've expressed that to me, okay? So I'm going to tell you what's about to happen, okay? We're going, there's, like I said, there's several people that are in here right now, okay, or that maybe they've already walked out, who 
are getting ready to get baptized. They, they, they came here prepared to be baptized. Okay. We're going to baptize them in just a moment. Pastor Brent or whoever's going to come out there. I think it's Brent. It's going to come out and he's going to baptize people. Okay. The band's going to come out. They're going to sing a song. Okay. I'm going up in that baptistry. There's Brent right there. Say hi, Brent. I don't know. When you see Brent, you just start laughing. I don't know what it is. It's kind of funny. Guy. Some of you walked in here today and you've been holding out on this decision. It's, it's, a, it's a step of obedience. And your next step is to get up in there and to get baptized. And I'm going to tell you what I'm about to do. I'm about to go in there. Just, I'm going to take this shirt off, put a t-shirt on. But I'm going in there in my jeans and I'm going to meet you up there. All right. Now, here's what I want. I don't want you to, I don't want you to sit there and analyze it. You don't, if you, you want to pray about it, go ahead. But I'm just promise you the answer will be yes. That's what you need to know from God. Okay. Go ahead and pray all you want. He's going to say yes to you. Okay. But some of you need to take this step of faith. And I know, listen, some of you are scared of that water up there. All right. You're scared of the thought of going backwards. I promise you, you tell me that when you get up there and I promise you, I will be gentle. Okay. If you want to get it over quick, I'll power slam you. Okay. I mean, all right. I'm just kidding. Okay. I promise you I won't do that. All right. You just look at me and say, I'm scared to death. We had some in the last service. 26 people got baptized in the last service. Just got up and walked out. All right. Now here's my challenge to you this morning. Overcome your fears. Okay. Overcome your doubts, your hangouts and follow Jesus in baptism. Take the next step. When you look at scripture, you don't see people, you know, you know, waiting, wondering, should I do this? Whatever. No, they just did it. It's a public declaration of faith that says to the rest of the world, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I am identifying with his death, his burial and his resurrection. And I want everyone to know, and I'm not ashamed of it. All right. Now, here's what we're going to do. If you'd like to get baptized in just a moment, I'm going to send you out of here. Now, some of you are thinking, I'm not dressed to be baptized. Oh, we got it all. We got it all figured out for you. Okay. We've got shorts. We've got shirts. We've got towels. We've got undergarments. We've got hair dryer. Let your mind just go wild of all of, all of the reasons why you think that you should not get baptized. We, I promise you, we've got it covered. Okay, we've got a long list of everything. We just go to Walmart, we buy it. Their short and t-shirt department just disappears when we walk in, all right? So we've got that covered. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to, some of you are in this place and you've never trusted Christ to be your savior. And I want to give you an opportunity to, to do that right now. And after you do that, my challenge to you after that is I want you to get up out of your seat and I want you to get baptized, all right? Now we've got pictures, we've got someone taking pictures back there. So we'll send you a picture so your mom and dad can see it or whoever else. Okay. We got that covered too. All right. But I want you to bow your head right now. Now I know, let me also say this. There may be some of you who are, you have a disability. Okay. And you cannot go up the steps and you've never been baptized. We will bring you down here in the front and we will pour over your head, we'll baptize you that way, okay? I'm not concerned about immersing you. I'm concerned about you taking a step of obedience, okay? So if that's your concern, you just, you go back to the back, we'll bring you up front, I'm, I, we'll make sure that happens, okay? Some of you in here have never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to be your personal savior. And I wanna give you that opportunity right now. You say, I don't know what to do. Pray with me, ready? Here we go, and just in your heart. 
Say, Lord Jesus, at this very moment, right now, I'm asking for forgiveness of my sins. I repent of my sins. I change my mind in such a powerful way that it's going to change the direction of my life. I believe that you are the Son of God. I put all of my faith and all of my trust in you alone. I realize that at this moment, Lord, before this, I was spiritually dead. But because of Jesus, I've been made spiritually alive. And I cannot thank you enough. I come to God through the cross. And I thank you, Lord, that it's the cross of Christ that has washed, the blood of Jesus that has washed away my sins. Lord, I want to know at this very moment who I belong to. And so, Lord, I want to belong to you. I want you to be my personal Lord and Savior. Now, I want you to just thank Jesus for doing that for you, for God for saving you. I want you to look at me. If you've never been baptized before, okay, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to get up out of your seat Go back to the back of the auditorium at the left-hand side door and just, we've got it all worked out for you, okay? I want you just to stand up out of your seat right now. Get up and say, I'm going to do this. I, I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's spontaneous. I understand that, but I'm going to do it. And you're, you know, some of you are going, what are everybody going to think? We're going to cheer for you because we're pumped about it, okay? That's what we're here for. So get up out of your seat. If you just trusted Christ, you want to get baptized, head on out of here, all right? We will stay here all day long. Come on. Go. Let's give these folks a big hand. Come on. Overcome your doubts. Overcome your fears. Take that next step of obedience. All right. To to the left-hand side. Just walk right to the left-hand side. They're going to give you instructions. All right. Pastor Brent, you got some folks to baptize right now.